to the Lord. Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, blessing us to be able to be in your presence again. Father, that we will uh, see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Father, we expect to see your goodness, to see your glory, because we declare it, and we expect it to come to pass. And we thank you, Lord, for reminding us and exhorting us and encouraging us and instructing us in how to live this life for you. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen. So uh, we're going to spend some time uh, in Romans chapter 10, if you want to turn there. But I thought I would would, uh, start uh, encouraging you in your confession of faith in God's word. Amen. Um, You must have faith in what he says. We can't put it in um, somebody we know, somebody we like, somebody we think is famous. It must be in God's word and God's word alone. And uh, this is such a powerful revelation to to people to understand how important it is to rest in the fact that once you believe God and you express that faith with your mouth, God will do miraculous things. Everything good that comes into your life stems from the confession of faith. That's why I thought I would talk about how powerful it is uh, because it is very, very powerful. Sometimes the things that we've heard over and over again we take for granted. We kind of think like, well, yeah, I know about, you know, confess the word and, you know, all that and, and I do that and so forth and so on. Sometimes you just need to backtrack a little bit and get grounded and why it's important, why it's powerful, uh, what it really means to be a custodian of God's kingdom through his word. You know, we, we carry the kingdom within us, and we release it through faith in, in what the word says. It, it, that, that kingdom comes out of us based on what we believe and what we say, even in the face of Uh, circumstances to the contrary in fact it's the most powerful when it's that voice in the wilderness where it's somebody just crying out uh, that that this is truth and it must be declared you know sometimes you can can know things and know things are right and know they're true but because of what we think other people feel about it, we may not express it. You know, you can get very, very intimidated by your group that you're around, by the group think that's very prevalent uh, in your neighborhood, in your, your school, your children's schools, all the places, your workplace, all the places where we frequent we don't understand what, what the Bible really says when it means to let your light so shine. See, God put a light in us that's not supposed to be hidden under a bushel. It's not supposed to be hid. And, and when we talk about letting that light shine, that includes your confession of faith in God's word, even in spite of what those around you may be saying. In fact, many times those around us are not as enlightened as we are, but we don't like thinking like that. We don't want to be the odd person out. We don't want to be the one person 
who still believes God. We don't want to be that person who who has to go down fighting on this one principle, even though everybody else thinks to the contrary. We don't like that feeling of being uh, isolated, standing out, being alone, being the odd person out. You know, why am I always the person that has to think differently and then God makes me say that to other people? It's because that's what light does. It shines. You're just functioning the way you're supposed to function. You're you're to function against the darkness. Not that you don't like people. You don't love people. That has nothing to do with his kingdom coming to pass. Hey, little bit, get your feet on the floor. Okay, get them off mommy, all right? Okay, now you're going to behave today, right? All right. Baba, I'm not going to have you distracting her. I'm trying to preach here. All right. That's good. You sleepy? All right, you'll go to sleep. Amen? All right. Get her a chair and connect her two chairs together for you, honey, and let her take her nap, okay? Praise God. Amen. So God wants us to always stay faithful to letting our light shine. And your confession is part of that light shining. Amen? It's part of that. And so once we understand that God is holding us responsible to keep the flashlight on, you know what I'm saying, so people can find the way. So people don't, many times we make an assumption of people because they're they're in darkness and it's so familiar to them, we, we make the assumption that they like the darkness that they're in, you know. And, and many times we're shocked to find that somebody responds to that light that we think is not being effective. You know, somebody will ask you for prayer, and they've been criticizing you and maligning you forever, and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, they'll come in and say, could you pray for me for so-and-so? And see, that's because your light is there and is shining, but the purpose of your light really is to lead them out of the darkness that they're in. And so many times we can be the most... Uh, surprised when somebody responds to the invitation that we've given and, and they talk about us and I, I, don't, I don't believe in that old prayer. You mean you going to church again? You understand what I'm saying? And, and so once though that that light, our light is established, then it's on. It's been turned on. It's like, you know, if you say for instance you got a closet that you seldom go into. And there's a, a light, the switch on the side of the wall, you know, and you might stumble in there 10 years later and flip that light. Oh, the light bulb still works in here. That's you. Huh? That's you. You haven't prayed for anybody forever. They say they don't like you. They talk bad about you and all that kind of good stuff. But still, your light works even though people aren't clamoring for what you have all the time. Your light still works. And I believe that's true about many people in the church these days. They haven't prayed for somebody in ages. They haven't witnessed anybody in ages. They haven't done a lot of things in ages, but their light's still there. Amen? God can turn that light on anytime he wants to. And that light is very, very powerful. It's still as powerful today as it was the last time you used it and put it away and thought nobody at this place wanted God. Amen? 
And so when we understand what we have within us, in in the light of God that is within us, and it comes through our confession of faith in him. You don't have to confess it on Facebook in front of a lot of people. You know, that's about the most worthless exercise I've seen in a long time is what I see some people doing on there and calling it ministry or calling it, you understand what I'm saying. There's so many people on there for the wrong reasons. And, you know, just to get likes or to see if they can get somebody sent to a cash app or or sell some product to or something like that, you know. But still, if there's light there, somebody's going to be drawn to the light. Amen? And so we have to determine where our light functions best, what our message is, uh, who do we deliver it to, and being faithful in it is is all part of it. So our confession of faith really begins when we confess Christ. In Romans 10, if you'll go there, verse 5, it says, For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law that the man who does those things shall live by them. So if you decide you don't need Jesus and you just be do good person or do bad person, you've got to do that for the rest of your life. But when you get tired of it, then there's faith. Amen. And he says, but the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks like this. Don't say in your heart who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend, I'm sorry, who should ascend to heaven to bring Christ down or who should descend into the deep that is to bring Christ up from the dead but what does it say the word is near you it's even in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you shall be saved how's that happen with the heart you believe unto righteousness. With your heart, you believe unto righteousness. What do you believe? You have to believe the word of God. You have to put your faith in something righteous for you to be declared righteous. And the only thing that's righteous is the word of God. So if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus or Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord of all, and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation this is very very powerful but it'll shock you how many people skip it and don't think it's that important you ever see people that 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 can't quite make a full commitment to god you can't tell me they believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth because if, if they did, that would be a different story. See, we have churches full of people who are in different stages of believing and obeying God. Many times you have churches full of people that have heard the gospel story over and over again, heard they must be born again, 
but nobody's ever led them and preached to them that confession must be made into salvation. There are bunches of people that have want God, trust God, want to believe God, but won't make that power move to repent of the world, to repent of their sins, come away from that, let that go, and then confess and accept that the power of God is now coming to my life and I'm a changed person. We're never taught many times that there must be a change, a perceptible change in you because the power of God is that evident in a human life. It's not something that can be hidden. It, it, you know, you can't. It's like people will say, well, I love the Lord. And you'll hear people, they like to hear you talk about God. But they think, you know, what is wrong with the, they can't get over in that. See, the power move is the confession. And having faith in that confession to do everything that you needed to do to transform your life to change you, to bring you into the kingdom, to open that door and usher you into the same privileges and power that every other believer is entitled to. The power really is in that confession. And see, many times we'll we'll allow people to just kind of sit and, I guess you could say, marinate. You know, you put them over in the, the mixture and they seep in there and steep in there and they never confess that they want power, they need power. People around them can't figure out what the problem is. They've been coming to church for I don't know how long, and they still out there in the world catting and sleeping around. And You understand what I'm saying? And I'm telling you that there is power in the confession of faith to make a dynamic change in people. You look at the Apostle Paul. He was running around every city. He couldn't get from one city to the next fast enough to condemn some Christians and bring them. He knew the word coming and going backwards and forwards. He was an expert in the law. But he got up one day off of being knocked down off of his position that he held persecuting the church. And when he started crying out to Jesus as Lord and God started revealing things to him and showing him things and his confession of faith led him out of that darkness into the light of the gospel of God you get who we see now as the apostle Paul and he's no longer in darkness going around killing Christians so that confession of faith is powerful to transform a person in one setting in one confession and when you ever really led somebody to the Lord and you see that that countenance change, they go from from confused and oppressed in their brain. And now all of a sudden the light comes on inside of them. That's part of the power manifesting. And see, this confession of faith is is that powerful to transform us out of darkness into light, transform us. You know, it's good to keep people uh, uh, around you confessing the word and, and encouraging them in their expression of their faith in God's word. Um, it's good to keep that power generated in the hearts and in the minds of people because other than what we can do with our own confession, we have no help from God. 
It all starts with what you believe and what you express. The minute we stop the expression of faith, we lose the power. The power starts to to dwindle and go down. It it gets less powerful. It gets more um, more of, of to the place where we can live without something where we you know we're not as energized and energetic all of that is is generated by your own words many times we think we're waiting on god to do something and we're letting the the battery go down by sitting around wondering when it's going to happen and wondering how it's going to happen and when am i going to get this and when is somebody going to change and when is my my ministry going to get started? When am I going to be able to do this thing and that thing? Well, you can you, you will never get it wondering. You will never get it questioning what God's doing in your life. You will never get it what it the same powerful way that you were born again and you were translated out of darkness into light is the same powerful way that you get everything else you need from God. It must be an expression of your confession of faith and you can't change your confession we've got to stop looking for things that'll you know you drop one thing you say and you think if i pick this up this will make it happen faster and you start changing what you say about something well the question is do you believe it or don't you what do you believe and learn how to stick with what you believe if what you believe is based on God's word, then you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. You just got to have confidence that this word will come to pass if you stay with it. Hardest thing sometimes God has to get from people is staying with what they committed to. Because we're always looking for a fast, easy shortcut. We're looking for somebody else's new revelation. To help us pull us out of this hole or pull you have the power within your mouth to pull you out of every hole that you ever get into. If you start using what you have, you'll do a whole lot better than you just looking for a new prophecy, a new encouraging word for some from somebody, or new this or new that. Start expressing what got you saved to begin with. Amen. Start generating some power from your own heart. Get it out in the open. Where God can see it. Father, I still believe you for this. I know it's been a long time and many people have told me this wouldn't work. And people are sitting waiting on me to fail. But God, I'm waiting on you to move and I thank you that your word is still true. Your word is still going to come to pass. So the Bible tells that God has dealt to every man the same measure of faith. Now we all start out, it's a level playing field. So it's up to us what we do with it. That measure that you have is the same as he gave to everybody else. Don't let the devil start telling you so-and-so got more than you got, and they got this, and they got that, like like that special, you know. Get out of yourself and get in the word. You know, we start wondering, well, yeah, I'm not I'm not this and I'm not that, and you ain't going to get nothing either. You keep talking about what you're not. Huh? That faith becomes power when it is mixed with God's word. Until then, it's faith that you've been given. But when you start mixing it up, it's just like dynamite. You know, when they have the different components of dynamite sitting out separate from each other, 
there's no explosion but you start mixing them together and see the power that's released because you're able to put the right things together it's the same thing with your faith you can mix that with the word of god and get any result from god that you desire you don't have to wait forever for everything you don't have to be discouraged about uh, time and all of those kinds of things you can keep yourself full of power of encouragement with the word of god yourself you lord i thank you that i don't have to wait forever your word says uh, uh, quickly amen amos nine thirteen. before i'm faster than my head will spin it's gonna spin so fast father i won't be able to keep up with all the good stuff you're doing in my life and lord i thank you that you're sending me my stuff right now i don't have to wait forever for now i'll have to wait another day i can believe it'll come in here today in jesus name and get this done amen and so once we understand the power it's the same powerful confession that got you saved think of what your salvation did for you it turned you it it totally turned your salvation did things for you just through you doing it by faith that you never even thought you could do in your life that same one confession that brought you into salvation is still working in your heart right now. It's still working in your life right now. It's still working everywhere God sends you right now. The same power, that one confession. What did it do? It, it quickened you and made you alive to supernatural power of God. It made you aware that your sins were forgiven. It's not just... Uh, my sins are forgiven and I don't know it it made you aware there's so much life in that that born again experience that it quickened you and made you understand that you weren't the same person that you had been before you don't know where that person went because somehow when you got changed you got disinterested in being that same old person you said goodbye to that person with no problem you don't sit up and lament that you can't do this and you can't do that because you saved huh now the devil gets you interested in sinners you sit up there and watch your little sinner friends and see what they do and you'll sit up there and be crazy enough to get jealous of what they can do because they don't have to go to church don't have to do this but you're crazy that stuff won't keep your attention for very long why because a new creation man loves righteousness there's something in you now that loves god and loves righteousness loves to do the right thing not interested in the unfruitful works of darkness anymore that's a powerful change folks you know we play so many things so cheap so often we're you know we like i don't know always looking for the next new thing you know as always ah, let me find out what's i'm gonna see what's going on over here got the next new thing over here well you ain't really received all of the old thing yet huh righteousness tells you you're not missing anything when you stand righteous before god there is a fulfillment there's a wholeness and a completeness in you that stabilizes you from running here there and everywhere looking for every new thing everybody else thinks is so important huh 
Now they can go run and, and they can say, well, you know, we, we, they, have you heard, uh, brother so-and-so's teaching on this, that, and the other thing? I got somebody that sends me a different video or somebody every single day. I mean, every day. Is it, I said, how, what do they do all day long? Just troll the internet looking for somebody to say, well, I'm going to send this to her. She'll, she'll like this or she'll think I'm spiritual if I send her this. This is where people are coming from. You have no clue what spiritual is. Huh? If you had any respect, you'd know you're spiritual. Anything good about you was blood bought. You need to humble yourself before the God who paid for it for you. Quit running off trying to impress people what you don't have. The power of the confession was first released in our salvation. The power of salvation really is the power of rest, among other things. Salvation is the power of rest. You don't have to try to figure out what God thinks about you anymore. You don't have to try and impress anybody anymore with anything you don't have to try and and, um, prevent bad things from happening in your life you don't have to watch out for yourself you don't have to do anything but just be cool in the presence of God like Adam and Eve did when before they sinned they were in God's rest they were able to just obey the instruction of God They were able to follow him, wait daily for his instruction, live in his peace, live in contentment, live in wholeness and soundness. And see, that's what the blood has purchased for us. That's what your confession allows to come into your life is this great Sabbath rest of God where you can anticipate that everything that you need is provided. You don't have to figure out how things are going to happen and be taken care of. You have an assurance in you that you know it's already taken care of. If the devil works you up with anxiety, in very short order, God comes and puts that fire out and shows you. Now, wait a minute. I saved you. I anticipated your need and salvation. There is nothing that comes into your life that takes me by surprise. And that's a shock to me. Or that I won't help you through and take care of you in it. And see, that all started from your confession of Christ Jesus. One time confession. And all of that, the kingdom and all of the angels of the kingdom, all the plans of the kingdom, all of that moved into your heart from that one confession. That's why I say it's a powerful confession of faith. It's the thing we play cheap. You know, like James says, his tongue is a little member. Don't play that little member cheap. Because that little member was got what got you out of hell over into heaven. That got you out of, of uh, debt into promise and encouragement and looking forward to life again. Something that's good in your life is going to happen. You just know it is. And you can just meditate on that. And pretty soon the discouragement that you thought was going to hang around for days now has lifted. 
because you you can see your way clear on everything now based on that just one-time confession of faith in Christ Jesus? You see why the devil fights so hard to keep people out of the reality of it? Because if we could ever know the power that it brought that one time and what it will continue to do if we continue to use our confession of faith for the good things we need, then we'll understand now why the enemy wants to keep us confused, why he wants to throw people in your life to keep throwing doubt into your your plans and throwing doubt into your mind about what God's already told you he's done for you. You know, now we can sit around and wonder why people do that. It doesn't matter. Just know that you have the answer for it right in your mouth. That you don't have to argue with people about it. All you have to do is make your faith declaration to God. Amen. That's who we declare our faith to. You don't have to go around and defend your position with every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Just tell them to stay out of the way and watch God move. Amen. Because God will move according to what we believe and according to what we confess. The power of rest came into us when we got born again. We began to rest from our labors. No having to figure out how to do this and how to take care of that, how to pay bills and where my next check going to come from and how am I going to make it until the payday and all this. You rest from that. Amen. In fact, the Bible tells you don't think about it. Take no thought. Might as well strap you down to a chair and tell you to bite on a bullet. You mean to tell me I can't never think about? Oh, that little devil that keeps robbing you. Keep listening to him. I always want to be an exception instead of going with where the power is. God wants us to live in his power continually. No starts and stops. Don't live in the, the reality of the gun jamming on you every time you want to speak the word and see it manifest. You know, we, with the gun jams. Huh? His gun don't ever jam. That word is coming to pass. I don't care if it seems like you speak it out in a vacuum. You ever confess the word and it's like something sucked it out of the air and you're looking for it to bring you comfort and reassurance and it's gone? Huh? I've been that way. You know, I say, well, God, I thank you that I'm healed by your stripes and pain just keeps throbbing and Everything else keeps going the way it's been going, and it's like something grabbed that and say, I ate that for lunch. Now what you got? So you say, I'm going to say it again, and you 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 say it again. And even though you don't feel any different, the fact that you said it again means something in heaven. When God sees a child of his saying it again, going back again, not being discouraged at the way we feel or what the atmosphere tells us or or what we think people are going to think if they see us believing God like this. Huh? We need to get ourselves off display so much. Huh? 
because your confession really is between you and God. It's not between you and and Sister Susie that's always asking you if you got that prayer answered yet. Huh? You know, the devil puts people in your life to check up on your prayer life. Not that they have one of their own, but he'll put people. They want to know what your if your prayers are getting answered. Not that they're going to pray themselves, but they, they, the devil just puts them there to agitate and to keep you off balance, keep you off kelter. Amen. But with with the confession of faith, we got the power of assurance. Amen. The Bible speaks of coming to God with full assurance of faith. When you start using your faith and confessing the word by faith, confess what you believe in your heart. Take some time to get in the word and begin to meditate. Find a scripture that you like and you want to see it happen in your life. That's what I tell people. Don't go in the word trying to find something about somebody else. Go in there and find something for you. Find where it says that that, that uh, uh, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And start to meditate on that and understand what righteousness. You mean to tell me if I believe God, once I start believing God, nothing's ever held against me? Yeah, that's right. That's what righteousness means. It's nothing held against you. Which means that if your prayers are delayed, it's not because there's anything wrong with the way you pray. And it's nothing wrong with your life. Righteousness means you don't have to consider that as a possibility or a problem in your life ever again. Once the righteousness is imputed to you, all you got to do is learn how to maintain your mind about it. So that you don't start to doubt what God's already said is true about you. Biggest problem we have is, is when something comes up, we think it's our fault. Like we have that much power. You didn't have power to stop yourself from getting saved. Because you tried it. Huh? Then one day that word cornered you. When you least suspected and pretty soon you couldn't fight it off anymore. That's the power of our God. And he expects us to live in that power on an everyday basis. That power that's so powerful we can't fight it anymore. We can't resist it anymore. We can't doubt anymore. We can't ever doubt again that God means us good. And that good is coming. Well, how come it's not here now? You're not believing it. You need to believe it and confess it. God, I thank you that good is coming to me 24-7. Even when I sleep, I can anticipate good. I don't anticipate to be waking up in the middle of the night with sleeplessness. I don't anticipate being having a restless night because of something I ate. Everything I eat is good. I eat too much of it, but it's good anyway. Amen? That's what righteousness does. It establishes you right in the eyes of God all the time. Not just when you supposedly are on your best behavior. I don't know when that is. You know, I do my best and do my best all the time. And the devil's always picking at me with some little nitpicky stupid thing. Amen. But that still doesn't stop that righteousness. Amen. 
because it's not my behavior that determines it's my faith determines do i believe that god has has judged me sinless because of his precious blood do i believe that do i believe that i can go to god with anything ask anything according to and he'll give it to me anything he's not withholding certain things for certain people certain people can have it certain people can't because y'all don't never do that right now y'all don't know how to please me with your faith of course you know how to please him with your faith just put your faith in his word i mean any scripture will do he didn't say believe me for certain things and certain things you can't but he said any scripture will do just put one in front of me and confess it and believe it so we have the power of assurance this is not some temporary thing not something we can throw away so easily your faith in god will always work it'll always produce it'll always do prosper in the thing where it's sent it will all if we get off of doubting everything and reasoning out everything and start confessing what we believe god i don't believe half the stuff i think i'm supposed to but i'm gonna tell you what i do believe i believe you're a good god i believe you bless me more than i deserve i believe your mercy endures forever i believe you always think your thoughts toward me are good all the time i know i believe that if i didn't believe that i wouldn't have the ability to get up every morning but i get up every morning because something in me still clings to the idea that something good is going to happen for me today if i get up believing you we have the power of an endless life from that one confession it it opened up the door and engulfed you in the power of an endless life what does that mean that means the life that we live now in the flesh is a supernatural never-ending life what's that mean that means that it will continue to generate life you go to the bank and you don't have anything in your account and you need to get some money because you got to buy food the power of the endless life tells you you may not see it but you're not going to go hungry you may not be able to put your hand on it right now but you that endless life reminds you that the provision is there and it never stops just go back to the well one more time amen draw from that well and and start using the same confession that bought you into this life it will buy you into more promises that same confession father i started out this this life with you by confessing and believing and i'm going to continue confessing and believing i believe you're god that that's more than enough that you have ample provision for me and everybody else on this earth father i believe there's no lack ever in you and i'm putting that right out there lord that i'm thanking you that there's no lack that you're going to provide for me that food will come today i won't go one day hungry I won't go one day without. I won't go go one day without the things that I desire and the things that I need. In fact, God, you're God of abundance. And I expect abundance to show up on my doorstep today and not just enough, barely enough, but abundance to come right in that door, Lord, in Jesus name. I expect your abundance. 
It's not me expecting it, but it's you telling me what to expect. See, there's a difference. We can diminish everything that God wants to do. Just nitpick at it. No, he don't go. Di- he didn't mean that. He meant this. And he said, we can live like that, or we can start taking God at His word, just like you did when you first got saved. You didn't understand how just saying, "I believe Jesus raised from the dead, come into my life and save me," however we put it together. Somebody preached that to you and told you that was going to do it. And you bought it. And it did it. Just like you started out that way with God, you live that way every day with God. He never expect us to live by religion, by man's traditions, by works, outside of faith. You get in, in some assemblies with people and they start telling you, you got to do this and you got to do that and God will move for you. How'd you get saved? Started out blabbing your mouth. Amen. And you make up your mind you're going to continue doing the same thing. God, if I if I was able to ask you for what I needed then, and it came in and changed my life so miraculously, I can do the same thing now and expect the same results. People tell you things like, well, if, if you you got sickness in your body, God says that you're healed. Well, I don't know how that's true because I still feel so and so and so. Well, how'd you? What what happened when you got saved? You felt like worthless, but you took a leap of faith. You stepped out there and you did what people told you to do, and you saw it in the Bible that it works, and you put it to the test, and it's worked for you. Then it will work for you the same way now. Never lose sight of the power, what's in your mouth and in your heart. What's in your heart? You want the best for your family. You want the best for yourself. You And nobody in their right mind wants second best for anything. You want the best. It comes with your confession of your faith. You know, we have all kinds of teachings going around that, you know, it's, Oh, God's going to give us a wealth transfer. He said, why would you play that game when you know you don't believe him for your bills? You know, you sit up and you buy the wealth transfer tapes and you buy the prosperity tapes and all these tapes. And then really you feel like you've been left in the dust, but you're scared to tell anybody that's how you really feel. And you think to yourself, God, you know what? If I could just believe you to supply for needs from day to day i would be most happy i don't need to be caught up in this herd of people that's running off here and running off there and nobody ever seems to get what they're running off for see we don't want to negate the truth that's in our hearts that if we would make our simple confession of trust and faith in god for the things that we need what happened to the lord's prayer Give us day by day our daily bread. You don't need to get ahead of yourself and want millions to fall down on one day. Some of the most disappointed people are those who have put their trust in man's doctrine outside of God's word that's in their heart. The Bible says this word isn't far from you. It's really pretty close to you. 
What you need to express to God is always right there in your heart. It's very close to you. You just need to blurt it out and begin to express what God has put in your heart through your relationship with him and his word. You'll never go beyond what you are able to to meditate in the word to get deposited on the inside of you. If all you know is by your stripes, he's, if his stripes, you're healed, that's all you need to know for right now. You don't need to know all these other exotic things and, and things that people are telling you. Oh, that's the, the new revelation is this. Oh, you got to decree and declare. No, I'm going to confess out of my mouth because that power that, that got me saved is more than enough power to blast me out of this debt that I'm temporarily in. The power that that transformed my life from darkness to light and made me a new person that never lived before, no past, no faults, no criticisms of myself, nothing to put myself down about. The same power of confession that transformed me over into that place of being blessed all the time, coming in and going out. That have that that gave me a sound mind. I don't have to sit up and worry about everything that I used to worry about. That same power resides in me still. So I don't have to get on Facebook and decree and declare a miracle. Uh, COVID is no more. Well, you just keep doing that. If that's what you feel led to do, you keep doing that. But you know, my answer is near me. It's in my mouth and in my heart. Rona don't got me and I don't got her and she can't get me and I can't get her because by his stripes I am healed anyway. And I'm not going to sit up here devil and worry about a mask or not a mask or when things open up or when they don't. I am healed anyway by the power of an endless life. There's life in my life even that I haven't seen before. There's life still in me that hadn't come up out of me. I ain't seen nothing yet. Of the life that God has put on the inside of me. We got to come out of the stupidity and fear. Deuteronomy 28 says that God has healed us from diseases that don't have a name yet. The blood has been waiting on Rona so he can kill her. have to worry about nothing, fighting people in your own household, wearing a mask, don't wear a mask, don't trust people. See, the devil likes this. And there's a word that's in your mouth and in your heart that you are healed. Anyhow, you're healed today, yesterday, today, and forever. You're still healed. I don't care where they import the virus from, you're still healed. I don't care what language it speaks, you're still healed. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you're still saved, you're still healed. You didn't flip out and start serving the devil overnight, you're still healed. You were healed the day you got born again. All sickness, all disease was written a death sentence in your life just have to consistently believe it can't believe it one day and when symptoms come up you start believing the symptoms you got to believe health every day no matter what shows up so we have the power of an endless life which means everything that you need 
that pertains to life is already available to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Hey, you got to feast on that word. You just can't sit up and get inspiration out of dry air. You got to make some effort to get yourself into the word and to fight everything that wants to fight you from believing that word. That word is still true. Doesn't matter what people say about anything. So we have the power of rest. You don't have to labor anymore, okay? You don't have to worry about anything. You have the power of assurance. God makes you certain about everything that you need that it's taken care of. I don't care if it's a new need. It's new to you. It ain't new to him. And he's made provision for it. You have the power of a covenant love. Covenant love is a relentless love. It's a love that relentlessly pursues us to win. It's going to win you over. God's love is going to win you over. I don't care what you do, what you say, who you fall out with, what they say about God. You know, you're crazy for trusting God. I don't know how you can trust God and you doing this and you doing that. Just watch me. Just just watch me. Keep watching. Huh? Yeah, little old me with all my faults and all my shortcomings and all my you don't like this about me. uh, Yeah, me. Just watch. Because that word is in my mouth and in my heart. I don't know what's in your mouth and in your heart, but this one I got inside of me. And God loves me relentlessly. That means if I make my bed in hell, whoa, he's there. If I ascend to heaven, whoo, he's up there too. He pursues me everywhere I go. Are you trying to get away from God? Not necessarily. But I wander off sometimes. How about you? Huh? I get a little upset in things. My mind goes haywire. Huh? Wonder what they would do if Chuck didn't show up tomorrow. Chuck, you knew I was going to mess with you. I don't know why you just came in here for me to mess with you. You know what I'm saying. But, you know, we our little thoughts get carried away. But but the, the at the end of the day, God's relentless love will pursue you. you. When you live with God, you can't go to bed mad. Huh? You can't. You, you toss and turn. You say, God, I just don't feel good. Okay, I'm going I'm to do it. I'll come, I forgive them, Lord. I so sick of them I don't know what to do but uh, I'm going to do it because you say so uh, it's not about how I feel it's about what you say and see that relentless love pursued you always to do the right thing do the right thing why so you can be the one that's wrong all the time no so you can live and make it through the night So the devil don't kill you in your sleep. Huh? This is for you. It's not for proving to somebody how what a rotten person you are and your shortcomings. We know that already. Huh? We know we can do some pretty bad things when we put our minds to it. 
But our purpose now in life is to live in righteousness. We like the rest. We like the peace. We like the righteousness. We like all of that. Why? Because our new creation man is made in the image of the one who creates all that stuff. So you want to be in the presence of him who has transformed you out of darkness into light. You want to be around him all the time. You don't want to be with negative thoughts and worryful thoughts and and plotting and planning and always got it. Now, if I get up and do this, then I need by tomorrow. It'd be, I'm going to go on my cash app and see if I got somebody sent me something. No, you, ain't, you don't need nobody send you nothing because you have the word of faith in the mouth and in your heart. By the time you get up in the morning, Lord, I will have enough money to do everything I need to do. And if not, whoever's waiting on money from me will wait some more. I don't have anybody breathing down my throat, down my back. I have total peace. So God's relentless love pursues us so that we're never left alone. You're not an outsider, an orphan. or, Huh? You know how the devil do you. Got you comparing yourself with other people again. And you know for a fact the last time you did that, you got in a whole world of trouble. Huh? Back down that dark street again. Huh? (laughs) You got to rest in who you are. Do you know you have no authority to evaluate yourself? Based on what? Your righteousness? Did you write the Bible? You have no right to nitpick at yourself and wish you was this and wish you was that and wish this wasn't so and that wasn't so. You have no authority to do that. God leaves you the way you are for a reason. Huh? He don't tamper with perfection. Oh, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, you're perfect in his eyes. Huh? We all are. We need to lighten up on us and everybody else. You know what I'm saying? It, it, I'm just a work in progress. No, you're not. You're completing him. Haven't you heard? You're not no working. Now, he might be working on some stuff, but it ain't drastic. I mean, the world ain't going to come to an end if you don't straighten up that little thing that you do all the time to drive people crazy. I think the world is going to come to an end because of you. No, you have no authority to to evaluate the Creator's work. Not in yourself, not in me, not in anybody else you know. God is satisfied with His workmanship. Huh? He looked at you and said you were good. Amen? I mean, you got over on that one, but he still said it, okay? He he knows everything. So the power of salvation is the power of rest. We live in the Sabbath of God, and it never ceases. In the new birth, we're translated from dark to light. Old things are passed away. That means they are dead. And the power of the new life and the new birth take hold on us now. 
everything is new. There's nothing that you have to get delivered and then you'll be okay. Huh? You can walk around with as many devils as you can, I guess, as you want to. And you're still okay as far as God is concerned. Ain't let the devil stop him from loving you and saving you. And them little pet demons you like to keep around, he still loves you anyway. Huh? You'd be more peaceful if you let him deal with him in the word. But you know what I'm saying. It's not going to separate you from the love of God. Huh? I was watching somebody preach and minister, and they were talking about, I don't know, security in God. And then in the same sentence, they were talking about how they uh, wanted to, you know, get a facelift or something. like. I'm thinking, come on now, security in God, you got to get your face done. But, uh, you know, I said, God, if that's, that's okay with you, you understand what I'm saying? See, I learned how to get off people. You understand what I'm saying? Because God has built that person a flat platform to talk about whatever he puts on their heart to talk about. And I don't, I can't steal their message because I think, how could you do that? You know, it's like, to me, it's kind of like, well, a little hypocritical, but I don't spend my money on such things. You know, I try to avoid the surgeon. I said, they must have a lot of faith get up under a surgeon's knife and be in the word too but that's something different you know different strokes for different folks far be it from me to condemn somebody but i'm using that as an example folks look at what we do to ourselves chipping and chopping away at it let me nice and dice myself a little bit more today maybe i feel better about myself you understand what i'm saying i don't do this right now well You need to lay off yourself. Huh? Because there's so much power that God has put in our confession. There's so much power that we have access to. There's so much good that we can do if we just set ourselves about doing good. Amen? Forget about what kind of package you feel you're wrapped up in. Forget about what you think your shortcomings are as though you get a medal for for condemning god's work you understand what i'm saying you do you're no closer to god for picking at yourself so we need to stop and consider that god has given us power to transform not just our lives but the world we can transform the world through the same power that god has saved the same power that we use every day to change our lives, to help our lives, to bring new life into what we have already. In one prayer of the word of faith, we receive tremendous benefits from God. Your one confession of giving your heart to Christ canceled every debt you would incur past, present, and future. Now I know people have a little problem with future debts. I love the Lord so much. How can I do this? I messed up again. We'll keep living. Huh? Yeah. Do do you get any points from him for stopping to condemn yourself and beat yourself up? 
No, he did a perfect job of suffering because of your financial no-nos and boo-boos. Well, I thought for sure God said he, I would have that money in my bank account this afternoon. It's not here yet. Now I'm, everything's overdrawn. Well, he'll pay your overages. Maybe you need to spend more time focusing on how much he loves you and less on trying to do everything right so he can bless you. See, we, we'll, we'll get everything we need up into a point with our confession, and then we want to take over and start running things. And then we want to get blessed based on what we don't do wrong anymore and how much we've grown, show God how much we've grown, And really, we're losing ground when you think about it. When you stop living by what you believe in your heart and start living by what you think you're doing right for God, well, you know, I'm going to sow some seed. That's sometimes your, your, your death sentence. Your life is a seed. You don't stop. Living life as a seed and all of a sudden going to sow seed so God can bless you. Your life is a seed. You're a continual sower. You're a continual blesser. If nothing else, let his praise continually be in your mouth. That's the seed you can sow. And don't get deterred and waylaid because of circumstances. See, the sacrifice of praise comes in the midst of bad circumstances where you continue to live a life of 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 lifting him up showing the world who he is showing his goodness declaring his goodness declaring his greatness see that's the sacrifice the sacrifice isn't uh I get low on money and then all of a sudden I want to throw a seed out there and and, and let him bless me off of that See, your, your, your real sacrifice is the way you live every day. It's do I lift him up? Is my praise, his praise continually in my mouth? Or if I, have I veered off the road and started now being concerned about things and complaining about things and, and, and not being certain about him? Have I veered off the road of righteousness now and I've, I've ceased sowing seed that he approves of? See, if everything that you do is considered investment in his kingdom, you'll never stop giving him thanks. You'll never stop giving him praise. You won't have to go and, and get in a dark corner where your blessings dry up and now you've got to come out and, and sow a big seed somehow and see if that will move God. Your faith always moves him. Your obedience always moves him. People get themselves into works. They start thinking that if they do this for God, then God's going to move on their behalf. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's where's your heart? Is your heart doubting that God wants to bless you continually? And now you think you've got to do something to impress him so that you can get blessings started up again. Your blessing should never cease. The day that they cease is the day that you need to correct that you're not lifting him up.
that you're not in, that your mind's wandered off somewhere and now you're starting to fear and worry and contend within yourself that something's wrong. You gotta stop. That's not righteousness. Righteousness is what he did. What you believe that he did. And that you're gonna live in what he did. And that's all you're gonna live in. You're not gonna live in this fake sow a big seed so I can get out of trouble mentality. People never, God doesn't want us to live like that. He says, you will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continue. Blessed is the man that honors God, that worships. His seed shall be mighty on the earth. Wealth and riches shall be in his house at all times. You don't need to start impressing God with your little fake seed. If you give it to God and you wish you could do something else with it, you already done messed up. Well, I'm going to stop doing this and see if that impresses him, see if that gets gets me over. No, just, you know, clear your desk off, throw all that stuff on the floor and say, God, it's just me and you now. Now, I've made a mess of things, and I kind of botched stuff up here. Now, what do I do? See, when you can show him you trust him, that's the biggest hurdle you'll ever cross in your life, is that that shows God that you trust him, and you're not trying to gimmick your way into a blessing. You're not trying to figure out how to get out of this so you can get into that. Sometimes you just need to go back to your normal way of just thanking God for what you got. Praise God. Sorry, God, my mind got all bound up and trying to find a quick, fast, and easy way to rob you and not obey and do things by faith like you command me to do. And God, I grant you now, it's a little slow down here. It seems like nothing's really shaking down here too much, and I'm real tempted to try something else. But uh, help me to trust you. Help me to just be my boring little self with my boring little confession and trust you one more day that what I need desperately has been provided. And you're not withholding it from me for any reason. You know, we get ourselves messed up in thoughts of condemnation, doubt, and fear. We wonder, how do we get over here in this boat again? Last time God had to send a tow truck to get me out of the mess I was in. Amen? And we find ourselves right back over there again. Well, I'll tell you, the way out is in the power of your confession of faith. Your faith in the confession of God's word is so powerful, it'll blast you out of there over into next month somewhere, as far as your provision is concerned. It'll set you up for a long time. But we have to be sold on the confession we have to be sold on the power of it amen so when we confess our faith in christ we got the cancellation of all debts past present and future we got all sin purged from our souls and our consciences were washed clean if that didn't happen when you got saved if you let the devil keep nagging you i guarantee you keep going into the word and it will happen at some point Because that awareness of being sinless in your soul 
and nothing is standing between you and God anymore must come to you as a blood-bought child of God. That's a byproduct of the activity of the blood of Jesus on your soul, is that your conscience is purged from dead works. I always tell people, I said, when you when you get involved in ministry, you get involved in the things of God, the enemy will try and put you in doubt as to whether you're able to do it. But my recommendation is just to do what you can do with your hands or with your what skills you have or whatever. But you must expect God to help you and make it better for you. And if you don't do that, you're not using, you're not, you're not in the grace of God the way he wants you to be. And see, many times people will have this something hanging over them that says you'll never measure up. You'll never do And see, we have to fight that thing. Never measure up. You'll never get it right. Or then it'll come to you another subtle way. You'll never do it like so-and-so does. You never, you, you, you know, always telling you that there's something that's not right about you, not adequate, whatever it is. You've got to stay with that scripture until that thing stops bugging you and limits your abilities to do things in God. Because it's there to rob you. There is nothing you can. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. But you've got to depend on him to strengthen you. And see what the bottom line is. Most of us don't ever think we measure up that he would just come and help us for no reason. But he will come and help you for no reason. He don't have to like you, like what you do, like the way you do things. Or like the little ministry they gave you to do. But he will help you for no reason. That's why people always want to pick up somebody else's something to do. Because they never see themselves as being helped by God in what he has called them to do. And then oftentimes once we get a little mastery, we want to run off without God and do it on our own again. And he sees it. He sees you mess it up. But he'll help you again. We trust him, but we don't trust him. We want to trust him, but I don't know. I just, you know, I see some people who are just nervous all the time, and I think, God, please help them to rest. Please help them to understand that that hand they keep fighting that's out there trying to help them do that's you. And quit fighting you. And settle down and learn how to work with you. Because you've made them worthy. And many times we think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy. You know, God, I just made so many mistakes. He doesn't care about all that. Listen, his first pastor was a murderer. Huh? What did you do? See, he always starts out with the worst people and elevates in the highest that we can see in the Word so that we can see there's no limit on what he can do. To Moses was a snake charmer. You know, people say, oh, Moses didn't know this and didn't know that. No, he was very wise in the arts of the Egyptians, the Bible says. 
Why do you think he was doing the same things the magicians were doing in the court of Pharaoh? That's where he grew up. He knew how to do all that stuff. Huh? They put a snake down, he put a snake down. He pick a snake up by the tail, they pick a snake up by the tail. Huh? But eventually God showed up in his magic and outmagicked the magicians. Huh? Same thing with us. We run around here in the flesh doing this, doing that, think we're doing wonderful things for God. And then one day we look back and see, you know what, God has changed the whole way I do that thing. He's perfected that to a way where I can't go in there and grab it now and make it mine again. God wants to do that with everything we touch. He wants to get us so supernaturally in the results that we expect from him and the results that we get that we don't even know our own abilities anymore once he starts moving in on us. You understand what I'm saying? We have yet more to go and go. Now, we perfected what we know. We perfected what we do, and that's wonderful. But God wants to move us into a supernatural that is from the confession of our mouth, what we believe in our heart, supernatural. So when it gets out there, it starts to work and even amazes us that it works like that. That's where he wants us to be. And see, if we are going to get there, if we're going to abide there, we have to have trust again in that word of faith that resides in us and make it stronger, make it bolder, make it more confident, make it more powerful, even in the face of people who ridicule and make fun and it's not going to happen, your God can't do this. There are people that don't want us to worship. Have you heard? There's laws now in California. We're not singing. We can't chant. We can't. See, the devil is bold about what he wants to stop. He never had that that boldness before. But see, now hell is heating up. Why? Because believers are sitting somewhere looking scared. But God knows who are his. He knows the one he's called. And he knows those who will get up and start to decree for real, from the throne of heaven, from the, the, the throne room of God, what thus saith the Lord. And we'll see it work. Why? Because it's the same power that we're familiar with, raised from the dead, raised Jesus from the dead, converted our souls, caused us to be born again, so that now we expect to draw from an endless life, When you start pulling from that, baby, the devil is scared to death. You better believe that. You stop being moved by little things he does out here with your your cash app and your bank account and all this overdrawn. Yeah, you've been overdrawn before. Don't try to get all cute on us. Huh? Might be overdrawn again. You know, I hate it myself, but I know what I do. And I know what he'll do for me. I don't do it on purpose, but I know he'll rescue me when I need it. And so once we start really drawing from this endless life, endless life, there's more life every time you draw. You never get to the bottom of it. Every time you speak, there's more life pouring forth out of you. Rivers of living water. People can come and swim in it. They can live. They can be saved. They can be healed. They can go another day. 
They can beat the chemo. You understand what I'm saying? They can beat all of that stuff. Why? Because you pour out that endless life. That's what you're here for. You're not here to get rich. Most of us wouldn't know what to do with rich if he came and sat and said, okay, here I'm, I'm rich, marry me. Huh? Come on, me. You would go De Niro on him. Get all ghetto and crazy and stuff. No. So, so God's not going to bother us with that. <laughs> you know, he don't want to, he don't want to put you into another world. But I tell you what he will do. He'll give you more of everything that he's given you already. He's just going to amp it up. More contentment, more peace, more power, more ability to confront darkness and make it flee. It's not going to consume us. Why? We got too much in us we can release. Huh? Darkness gets scared because light's here. Huh? Light's here. Thank you, Jesus. I can release light into darkness. Thank you, Lord. Darkness is scared of my light. I thank you, Lord. I release my light everywhere I go. Darkness, go in Jesus' name. Loose him. Let him go in the name of Jesus. Loose my family. Let him go. Loose everybody. Let him go. Loose my coworkers. Loose this city in Jesus' name. Darkness, I got a message for you. Go in the name of Jesus. And mean it. We're not sitting here just waiting for whatever. Release light anytime you want to. Say, devil, listen, before I go to bed, I got a message for you. Huh? Leave them. Let them go. Can't mess with them no more. Leave my family. Quit deceiving my brothers and sisters. Quit getting them caught up in a snare. Cause them to feel bad about themselves. Leave them alone. And I mean it. Why? Because I have the power of an endless life. And it's coming after you, devil. It's coming after you everywhere you go. It's pursuing you. The endless life that God's entrusted to me is pursuing you everywhere you land. And I'm not going to let you rest. I'm not going to let you steal. I'm not going to let you have who you're trying to have. You've got to let them go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Rona don't have me. That's right. I don't have her. She can't get me, and I can't get her. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We're healed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.